Hello there and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. After a long time, I'm back. I'm your host Neil Shilat and as always, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Ben Griffiths. How are you, Ben? I'm good. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. It's been been a while, but we are very excited to get back together, hang out a little bit more and talk about like a lot of stuff that has happened, especially recently. Yeah, well, quite a bit going on. It's almost close to two months, I think, since our uh, last episode went out. So, yeah, there's a, a lot to catch up on. Uh, loads of leagues ending, of course, as we're in December now. All the sort of summer leagues uh, have, have drawn to a close. And, of course, various group stages in continental competitions. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot, a lot to to catch up on. But before that, Ben, I'll tell you what you've been up to for... Uh, for the best part of two months. I remember the last time we spoke uh, was when Football Manager had just come out. And do I recall correctly that you started your save with a J3 club? I did. Yeah. How's that going? Are you, have you won the uh, AFC Champions League yet? Do you want, you're going to learn a little bit about how to Football Manager. So when I play Football Manager, I start a save, get about six months in, and then I have this other idea. I'm like, oh, man, you want to know who would be really <laughs> fun to play as? Gilana. You want to know who would be really fun to play as? You know, one of the teams in Belarus that just lost all their 35-point deduction. I tried that, but I always get like six months, maybe a season in. My longest save so far, I'm Cork City. I'm in Ireland. I've gotten through a season and a half. I didn't get relegated the first season, which is good because they did in real life, and, and I... I think I was like mid-table, but I won the cup, so I got into the Europa Ooh. League qualifiers, and I got slammed by Cisco Sofia, um, six 0 in the second leg, and so Yikes. I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I lose, but I I didn't saves come to try to win, my saves come to see how often do I lose ten times? I lost every single time, so I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't even have a good enough team to beat Cisco Sofia, so now I'm in the second season, and I'm only doing that save because like you can, there's pretty much no foreigner limits or player registration. Uh-huh. Non-EU players just have to make like 350 per week or more, like Euros. Yeah. So it's not too bad. But yeah, I, I haven't started. I want to start at some point, like a save to like actually, I just keep bouncing around and by, I think March is the one I normally find a save I do long term. So I will update you probably in March <laughs> what that team that months. I end up doing the long term save on is. But I want to do a J3 to, you know, AFC Champions League winner. And I want to do... I want to take a K League Two team and just get them to have a dice. I don't care if I win the Champions League, but I want to see if I can get them to like take Wilson off the the top. Mm. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it with one of the new guys. Maybe mm. Chonan City would be fun because they were. I think they were not very good this year. Uh, not great. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right then, shall we dive into our league roundups? Why don't we start? Uh, in the part of the world that you just mentioned. Uh, in Korea, I guess, the big story was, uh, of course, Suwon Bluings getting relegated. Uh, yeah. It was, I mean, I you know, we, we did talk about this way earlier in the season around the halfway stage, they were at, in a really, really poor spot. But then they did fight back towards the end and it was a three-way relegation battle uh, on the final day. But um, yeah, would you would you say that's a fair result uh, on on the balance of the season overall? Uh yeah, I would say it's a fair result. Looking at just this season as a whole, for 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 Blue Wings to get relegated, I would also say it's a fair result for the past couple seasons because they had to. 
I forget what time it was. It was like the 90th plus minute goal. I think it was like third or fourth minute stoppage time. The last season in the relegation playoff that they scored a winner to stay up. And I think, I think on this podcast after that, I was like, or I wrote something. I was like, I think this could help them for next season because they hadn't gotten to the relegation playoff and like that close before, even though they've skirted with relegation, but being that close and literally taking a 90th minute winner to not get relegated. I was like, maybe this will spur them on. And the answer was no. Uh, so they got really good this season. I do think that is fair. I, I do think it's fair because they were um, certainly not not the best team. No, far from it. But yeah, as you say, I think it's a, probably a need, much needed wake up call for such a, a historic club. And I believe on the back of this, maybe the chairman or a couple of board members resigned and stuff, which... Mm-hmm. yeah the fans made it known the yes. last season fans definitely before did. they won the game they definitely had made it known in this season again throughout the season as well as especially at the end when they did it like it's i mean this is for those that don't know this is one of the probably the two biggest clubs in south korea fc Seoul, maybe the other one and they had a super match that's like you know the liverpool united i guess we could call it um it's it's a huge club and then being relegated is a is a massive thing something not for them to ever really think possible, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, two-time AFC Champions League winners. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a massive, massive result. Um, and also, of course, coming up from Gate 2, we, of course, have Kim Chiyun Sang, uh, the Army yeah. team, which would be interesting. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, maybe towards the end of the season, I felt the, the big story was Busan, Ipar, completely blowing. Capitulating. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, just uh, for the for the listeners who who might not have followed them, they were leading until the basically the last round of um of 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 the regular season. So all they needed to do was win their game, and they were getting the winning winning the K two and getting direct promotion. But then did they lose or did they draw? I think they lost. So they they lost the penultimate game and then they drew yes, yes, the last right. game against. Chongju, who were um, one of the new teams in mid-table, but it was still something that they just win and you're in. Literally, yeah. winning you're automatically promoted up. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then champions too. In, in the playoffs, uh, you know, they they were in a decent position, so they won the first like two-one with a couple of late penalties, uh, yeah. and I think they scored first. Uh, in the second leg as well. So they basically had a two-goal advantage. Then they conceded yeah. twice in like the last 10 or so minutes to take it to extra time. And then again, completely fell apart. Lost, I think, 6-4 on aggregate at the end. Yeah, uh, they lost 6-4 in aggregate to... Also mentioned to Suwon FC, who... Yes. Um, so the two team, the two worst teams in the K-League, K-League 1 this year were both the teams in Suwon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah. Yeah, but I... But yeah, I, I, they... Boost and I Park just really fell apart because they won. They went um, undefeated in a nine-game stretch leading up to the last two games of the season. So they went undefeated for nine games. Then they lost, and then they drew. And so that's how they lost the ti- the the title. Really, was that they couldn't really just. I mean, you could maybe argue that the Jeonnam Dragons lost that that did it for them because then they wouldn't have had to. I think really do anything had they yeah. won that game, but. Yeah, it's very. I was hoping it would be fun to get you know Busan up because it's been a while since they've been up in, 
in K League One. So, and and like you know, the bottom three in K League One this season was yeah a clear step lower in terms of quality. Mm. Uh, yeah, who you know the relegation team, so to speak. Um, yeah, because there was at the end, thirty uh, four points was Gangwon in fourth uh, in the K League One Group B. And then Jeju was above them at 41 points. So exactly. it was seven points at the end, a gap between basically the top three and the bottom three. Yeah. And both, I think yet again, both of the, um, like the playoff is goes to the K-League one side. It's very rare for K-League two side to actually win the playoff. Yep. And I was kind of thinking Busan could do it because they were just so good all season. And even if you fall apart at the end, maybe you go, okay, well, hey, we, we are in a good shout to actually you know, yeah. get in uh, now, like, despite uh, falling apart at the end and not winning the title against a pretty relatively poor Suwon. And, yeah, and Suwon like the, are good at scoring goals. We do have to give them that. They're they're terrible defense, but they are pretty actually pretty decent at scoring. And they showed that against Busan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, for the best part of the tie, they were up. So it, it's again, it, almost a story of the season in, in the tie itself, like the, the late capitulation, but Yep, I guess that rounds us off uh, for uh, Korea. Let's jump over to Japan, where we obviously had the big story at the top of J1, Wissel Kobe winning the title for the first time in their history in uh, a, a very, very interesting title race. A very unique title race, I think, especially in the second half of the season where every week somebody was dropping points almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> It was it was genuinely uh, one of the more I think um, people were trying to lose it. They were literally yeah, always trying it, to it was, and, lose think, yeah. the title or the top spot. I think until about at least until like thirty games into the season, no team had more than two points per game on average. And in the end, only Vissel do uh, runners up Yokohama F Marinos on sixty four points from thirty four games. Uh, they did fall off a bit after losing the title last couple of games. I think they, they didn't win after it was mathematically over. But still, you know, compared to how they were last season, like almost a sort of a winning machine, um, this season... And compared to Vissel Kobe last season, almost a losing oh, machine for yeah. literally two-thirds of the season. It really, it, it totally flipped for them. It was... Yeah, quite incredible, really. Um, and yeah, a, a huge, huge story for them, of course. Uh, but also, you know, looking down a little bit, uh, Asian champions Urawa Red Diamonds failing to qualify for even ACL two or whatever that is called, the second tier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second tier Asian competition uh, next year. Uh, Sandwich Hiroshima getting that spot, um, and of course um, f- uh, from uh, Yokohama F Marinos, uh, we had the news that Kevin Muscat. Uh, has left now, I think. Yeah, the the yeah. ACL group is over, so he has left. Have you seen anything about where he might end up next? I saw one thing saying he might go to like Shandong Taishan, was it? Or I have seen, club? yeah, I've seen that rumor, and I'm not sure if anything has any weight to it. So I'm I'm curious where he's gonna go though, because I mean, he's he's a great manager, yeah. yet another Australian, you know, J League title winning club, not this season, last season, and is I, I i think that if he doesn't go to europe it's going to be a miss on european clubs yeah and i think it will be because he's offered a ton of money and he, i mean i'm not one to say people should or shouldn't take money i would <laughs> say if you can take the money take the money so he's he can always go you know 
yeah, yeah. back to go not back to Europe, go into Europe at some point and manage, I think, a really good a good team in a Champions League, not you know, necessarily like Manchester United sort of thing. But when I say Champions League club, I mean like one of the best teams in potentially one of those other leagues, like Bel- Belgium, Denmark, that quality, or a really good mid-table type team, top five league, and get them into Champions League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he has shown his quality undoubtedly. Um, you should go to Oman and do uh, Muscat Club. Ah, <laughs> that's a good shot. That's a good shot. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll be fun to see. <laughs> uh, well, and I guess it's also worth mentioning um, from J2, Tokyo Verdi won the promotion playoff. Um, so essentially what that does is uh, next season, all the J League or rather all the J1 winners will be in J1, which is uh, a, a nice touch, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, a good story down there. Of course, the Yokohama FC uh, relegated um, from from J1. A, sh- a shame, I thought, you know, all the J1 clubs this season, I thought you know, they, they rather deserved to be there as opposed to in K1 where, you know, if any of those three mm-hmm. got relegated, you would complain. Uh, but, uh, well, not to be for them. So that and, and oh, a quick mention when you mentioned Yokohama FC, Alvarez Nigata, I think were really good too, yes. because they finished mid table as a newly promoted side. And here's what in a lot of leagues, this wouldn't happen a newly promoted side that is still playing uh, an insane brand of possession football. Usually, if you get promoted by playing possession football, Burnley, you're not going to do <laughs> exceptionally well, especially if you try to keep somewhat similar tactics. So, even with some player churn both leaving the club and going to other clubs in J-League as well as going out, you know, to Belgium yep. um, with R- R- Rotar Ito. I think that them finishing mid-table is very, very respectable. And I'm very curious about the next season. I forget who it is that they're linked with. Um, Rio on, on Twitter, R by Rio. It, he he mentioned the name. And I completely forget the name of who they're targeting now. But, but they're going to target a midfielder that would be able to really help them push for mid table up to create more in that final ball. And so I just want to give a shout out to them for being uh, sticking to their guns, playing the good, good brand of football, exciting. Um, and despite losing players and stuff, able to, able to stay up mid table and be very proud of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were fantastic. So as you said, it should be very interesting to see uh, how they fare next season. All right, let's quickly jump all the way across to South America. A couple of stories uh, from Brazil. Uh, I suppose everyone has seen Botafogo's incredible capitulation. Uh, they had a record start to the season. I think they crossed 50 points in the first half, which was a record. And then they won like what, three or four games in the whole of the second half of the season. Uh, and in the end, they didn't, they didn't even get uh, a direct uh, Copa Libertadores spot was Palmeiras uh, winning the title at the end and so some crazy losses too uh, 4-3 against Palmeiras after being three goals up uh, and then I think it was a red card which started all the trouble and I think at, at least following it I thought that was the game where it all went you know they, they had their form had gone a bit before as well, they had lost some league games here and there. They lost one and drew one right before, after yeah. after winning a couple, including winning against Fluminense, even mm-hmm. though they had lost a lot before that. But it was like, maybe? And then they just, they yeah. didn't win, actually, since then. They didn't win a single game since then. Yeah, after that, they were done. They, 
and lost to Vasco, who were battling relegation and just about stayed up at the end. Uh, lost 4-3 as well to Gremio. I mean, I didn't think they went uh, three up here as well. Definitely threw away lead. Uh, uh, two up, actually. Luis Suarez had taken the second half, uh, winning it for Gremio. Drew with uh, Red Bull Bragancino. Bunch of draws. And then it was done. Uh, with, with again, some uh, late concessions. Uh, absolutely throwing it away. Finishing six points behind at the end when at a point they had like, a, was it an 11 or 13 point lead? But yeah. I think it was 13. They had an insane lead. And not just early on, but just like in general. Yeah, like mid, mid-season. Yeah. yeah. And then it being at the end, you would be like, wow. But it being at the beginning of the season was just... Incredible. Uh, that's what American owners do for you, right? Americans <laughs> into, into soccer and buy clubs thinking they can treat them. They did so well, though. I, I'm curious to see what happens next year because I they only have like, you know, I bet like a week off or something before the oh, yeah. competition it's time to go again. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no stopping in, in Brazilian Brazil? football. No, period. I, I do think it's I think it's like a month from now, but still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am curious to see what they do, because are they going to be as good as they were? Are they going to be as bad as they were at the end? <laughs> Yeah, and in Brazil, be. anything, literally anything can change. You can have title winners that get, then get relegated two seasons later. Oh, they yeah. go and, I mean, it just happened. I think Palmeiras actually might have done that a while ago, or they went up and then they won the title a couple of years ago. But like literally anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, except I, I, for, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. And another club. Oh, yeah. Their fate. That's what I was going to mention. Um, uh, you know, on that point, Santos finished second in 2019. Yep. And this uh, year, they've been relegated for the first time. In their 111-year history, I think people have probably seen this as well. This did the rounds uh, on social media too. Some uh, well, uh, not great scenes uh, in the immediate aftermath around the stadium as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know this is uh, what I believe now. There's only two uh, clubs left in Brazil who have never been relegated from the top flight, and it's it's simply a case of there's just so many massive clubs that someone is prone to go down at oh, some yeah. point. And usually it's every season one of the really big clubs goes down too, it seems like. It's it's just such a competitive league as well as being so, I don't know what's the like flip floppy, like stuff can happen between seasons that then the, the good teams from the last season can just totally flip. There's a lot of parity. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you look at the top of the table, um, th- I think that says it's all like 10 points takes you from first to sixth. So, yeah, and e- even the relegation battle was so close. Uh, three teams in it on the last day, uh, Vasco, Bahia, and Santos. And again, you know, three very big clubs there too. So, um, yeah, uh, and Bahia was just down, I think, yeah, exactly. In, uh, the, second think, year, yeah, yeah new, this was like their first season. This back, was their right? first season, that them and, and Cruzeiro too, who are also, yep, just very about to up and just much, <laughs> yeah. Went, yeah. Who I, who were were fourteenth in that weird span where you don't you don't qualify for anything but you don't get relegated one two yeah, there's only like, four total clubs that don't qualify for something <laughs> either champion or the Copa Libertadores um, qualification for it Copa Sudamericana or relegation so literally of the twenty <laughs> places sixteen of them have something that they're fighting for or against yeah. yeah and and even for the four who don't get anything they're they always really feel like they did get something because yeah. you know they just about stayed up so just about uh, stayed up or i mean corinthians case they didn't get yeah um, yeah so yeah very close uh very entertaining league to say the least and 
also let's pop across to chile uh, where we also had some title race uh, drama cobresal i believe it was who were leading um the the primera division on the final match day uh needing of course a win to be sure of the title but even a draw would have given them a, a, a decent shot but they lost to union uh, española so it was huachipato who won uh, for i think just the second time in their history for cobresal as well it would have been a, a great achievement after they were uh, only promoted uh in i think 2018 or 19 but promoted fairly recently and under the same head coach they would have gone on to win the title but uh, not to be for them so huachipato with uh, their third uh, actually uh, correction there they they want to before so this now um was their third but i think the biggest story was in the cup where magallanes who we'd spoken about way way back uh, newly promoted this year one of one of the country's most historic clubs uh, who who had a lot of difficulties in recent years they last year they won promotion as well as the cup to get into the sudamericana this year they were relegated but again in the cup final against colo colo but not to be for them this time they were beaten 3-1 so they were ultimately they leave the season rather empty handed uh, going back down to the second tier um and yeah uh, another story from the second tier was uh, santiago wanderers also one of the country's sort of most historic clubs uh in the promotion playoff i think losing on penalties after 3-3 match where they conceded late on as well um so yeah i guess not a great year for uh, the more historic clubs in chile looking to get up and down the top flight i guess but uh, yeah definitely late drama in the season over there and let's pop across now to scandinavia um where shall we begin a couple of big stories uh, over here in sweden we had quite a title race uh, elfsborg i mean a, a complete shock the title charge from them really uh, yeah, but unfortunately <laughs> it fell apart right at the end they could have seen the title on the penultimate match day against relegated degefors they did not only drew that meant it set up a absolute head to head showdown against uh, malmo uh, where basically malmo needed to win to win the title um and they did that elfsborg losing uh, 1-0 a very uh, tightly contested match with a fairly late uh, winning goal as well i think certainly in the second half um so yeah it looks like 57th minute penalty yep yep uh so yeah an, an unfortunate end uh, to an, a, an incredible season really for elfsborg uh, but i mean you know when they look back you know, on the bigger picture and everything uh finishing second as well a massive massive achievement for them and across in norway the big story was in the relegation battle as well polerenga one of the country's uh, most historic clubs as well uh certainly one of the giants from uh, the capital oslo the oslo region uh in a shock relegation battle well, i mean i say shock but i guess people people following them know it's been coming uh much like uh, suwan bluings here and uh, they they uh, just about 
snuck into the playoffs on the final day um and there they couldn't do the job they lost uh, on penalties in a dramatic tie against christian sund where they won 2-0 in the first leg uh conceded twice late on in the last 15 minutes of the second leg and then missed the last penalty uh to lose their spot as an elite serian club thoughts on this one ben uh i mean there's so many layers to this story as well of course which yeah. the guy bakke yeah from lilstrom there's city rivals who he brought up from the second tier uh and i guess he has to do the same with the bolerenga now yeah and i'm i'm i think maybe it was here maybe it was on twitter that i was just like i think that we were talking the reason he probably moved was was money right i mean i mean bolerenga are a massive club and they they definitely have res- more resources i think than lilstrom so that's probably a reason i know that he had been at bolerenga at some point in his career as like an assistant maybe yep. but not for super long so it's possible that maybe he does like the club and when he got the opportunity he said i know this is you know i can't most people wouldn't cross this boundary but i will regardless whatever he did mid season went from you know upper mid mid table club to their their heated rivals which were in a several season long relegation battle basically um with not too much of a of a hope i think of like oh if he comes in he'll help we should automatically get better and go up like to mid table maybe so it was going to be a very hard job anyway didn't get it done couldn't get it done in the you know the two legged um promotion relegation playoff and i'm curious if he stays but i i think he i think he will because he would just move there but i'm just like is there is there a clause maybe that maybe he was like trying to save them and i don't know i just it's such a huge club and this has been this season has seen a lot of huge clubs go down in these winter leagues and part of me is almost like oh it's fun that we have throughout the world so many of these absolutely massive clubs in their leagues going down for the first time in a while i think have they been down recently though no nah, the last allegation was 2000 uh, was it okay okay but uh, i think um, it was uh, the guys at nordic football uh, pod who great to follow by the way for these leagues uh, pointed out on twitter that in recent years many massive clubs or or certainly big clubs in norway have uh, gone down bounce back up and done well. So Brann of course Tromsø just came back up, right? Yes, yeah, so, uh I guess Brand, the big example yes. this season is Brann newly yeah. promoted finished second. Uh Bodø Glimt as well in fact. I think it allegated around 2017 and you know last few years they have been regular title contenders and won three of the last four titles. So of course Lillestrøm as well um uh, with Bakke so yeah it's I mean obviously it's not ideal uh but not the that is wild so not brand was just down them. last season yep trumzo were just down this is not third place trumzo were were 2021 they was their first year back viking in fourth i'm trying to pull them up because they were just relegated too they came back up in 2019 so literally wow. of the top four they're technically uh yeah and bodo glimt was 2018 so 2018 19 20 So five years basically 23 with yeah the top four have all been down one season though so that's one season and yeah that's the, the, the second tier that actually that is a great stat to point out 
And then, yeah, yeah, Lustrum too, 2020 or 2021, they came back up and they're six. Molda, the only, yeah, <laughs> Molda's the, the only, only top six team. Last team standing. <laughs> Strum's good. Were they just down too? That's in seventh. I, no, they, they weren't. They've just been really bad battle, recently. But they, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but that's a really interesting piece of like information then. Yeah, of the exactly. top six, five of them have been down within the last couple of years and are now top table. Yep. So I, I mean, I, I guess that also points to probably sort of a, a difference in quality really between the top two tiers or a, a pronounced difference. But uh, yeah, and let's hope that Volringer then can come. Yeah, they need to do what they need to do to fix themselves. Because if they finished decently last season, but I think that for a lot of the stretch of yeah last season, they weren't doing too well. It wasn't like danger, danger like now, but it was like, why are we so terrible? <laughs> um, so hopefully they can make some changes and then come back because, I mean, huge club. Yeah, and quickly from the second tier, just uh, one story that I found interesting. Uh, FK Yerb, if I'm saying that right, were in the top flight last season, finished last, got relegated. In the second division, they've been relegated again. So they are doing a bit of an Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, and going oh, no one wants to do an Armenia Bielefeld. <laughs> oh, man. They are going straight down to the third tier. Um, so yeah, that is definitely something that uh, Fularenga will not uh, want to do. I, I guess they probably will want to do what... Uh, Christian soon did, who of course beat them in the playoff, which is go down and bounce back up. So yeah, that's that should be uh, an interesting story to follow next season. Uh, probably not uh, get the matches uh, like we do Elite Serian on one football, uh, but still something to keep an eye out. All right. Lastly, I think let's uh, move on to a couple of continental competitions because the group stages have ended in. Asia and Europe uh, in the AFC Champions League, AFC Cup, and of course, all the three uh, UEFA competitions. So uh, I think, you know, we are having a chat before this, um, uh, before we started recording. I think it's a good time maybe to rather than sort of review the, the, the action and the results, which certainly people will be familiar with, especially in the case of um, the UEFA uh, competitions. Why don't we take a look at some of these formats uh, and, and see what we think about them? Because, uh, well, they're changing uh, in in Europe definitely, and there's obviously the Club World Cup going on as well, uh, and the format is changing there too soon. So why don't we have a bit of a format discussion now, Ben? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think first we want to mention so for the AFC Champions League, the group stage will stay like. Oh, this is just the format of the Champions League, and then we can get down to you know the the second tier or something like that. But the format for the group stage I think is the same. But then once we get out of the group stage, we go to the knockout rounds. That sounds great, right? What doesn't sound great to me is that where the knockout rounds are being played, it's not at the home and away venues of the uh, clubs actually playing in the knockout rounds. It's going to be a centralized knockout stage, kind of like a COVID bubble, and. Knowing the AFC, I think we can all guess where that will likely be held every year. And it's going to be, you know, probably Riyadh, <laughs> maybe Jeddah, maybe Doha a little bit, but it'll probably not be over in Seoul. It probably won't be over near Tokyo. It's probably not going to be. I know, think it's going to be, isn't it? I think the 2027 is Saudi Arabia officially confirmed. 
Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there you have it. Uh, yeah, as you say, not not, not the best uh, decision from, I guess, a fan and sort of football point of view. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if it even if it was justified, I personally, I really love the home and away format of the AFC Champions League final and, of course, the CAF Champions League final. Um, I think that's great. But even if you centralize the final, like that's you know still acceptable, I would say. Uh, but the whole UEFA the, does it, and I think it's yeah fine. exactly. It yeah. can create a single because there's the two thoughts. You can either have the 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 two rounds where you know you have East versus West, and which is another conversation of they only play at the final. I think that's yeah, a different that's conversation. A, yeah, I I do like that. I think they're getting getting rid of that at the final. They're just going to start doing it at the knockout rounds. I think that's good, but. There's the good debate of you get one, two games. And number two, you get to have them at each of the team's home venues. There's also something to be said for the centralized final. If you can do it right, you can make this massive event. I know that Champions League for UEFA Champions League is kind of like corporatized it a lot. But at the same time, it's still this massive event that like literally everyone is like, mark your calendars. This is going to be the game, you know? And that I don't have any issues with. I feel like it can be good. I just am like, why are you pretty much having an arbitrary bubble for all yeah. of the knockout stage? Yeah, and I think I, that's going to take away a lot of the magic. And the, in, in the AFC needs to, especially now Saudi Arabia doing its push, which I think for the next five to seven years at least is going to be consistent and try to get the best players. Like you could potentially even start using that to your advantage as the AFC to try to take some people away not away from watching UEFA Champions League they're usually played at different times yeah. but get people to really enjoy Asian football more because it's there's so much to enjoy yeah but instead you're gonna pretty much make the atmospheres totally dependent on where you're hosting it into those that host country host city whatever do the do the fans go to anywhere where their teams aren't playing yep because if you were to get two teams if it's in the West and you get two teams from the East coming in, you'd have to rely on the local fans going to that game. And you'd have to rely also on the fans from the East being able to afford the time and money to get to, you know, the Gulf, which yeah, I would assume it would just be held at the Gulf. Yeah. I mean, if it's at least the for the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because no, the, I guess the, there's two things, right? One thing is obviously the, the removal of the East West sort of, um, the the division basically up till the final, uh, which, like in theory, I like the idea, uh, but when you think about it practically, the the only way to actually do it is to have a sort of centralized bubble format, right? You, you I mean, considering these clubs' revenues and basically yeah. massive distances, because like you could have like Melbourne City, um, drawn against uh, I don't know, Pakhtakor. In Uzbekistan, right? Yeah. No, no, that's a massive. If you're doing yeah. like a tie, that is a lot of traveling, uh, and very expensive as well. I don't imagine there'll be direct flights either. So, uh, if you think about it, you know, from from that point of view, you're basically left with two choices, which is either to keep the east-west divide, uh, or to sort of break that uh, in the for the knockouts and have it centralized. But between the two, I would definitely pick keeping the divide so long as you get these knockout games at the homes uh, of of the teams in question. Because essentially what this is doing, this is 
almost uh, and we'll get on the club world cup next but this is almost doing like a club asian club a club asian cup sort of thing every year uh and obviously they're not rotating the 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 sort of venues at all uh, but that, that that's a different question but uh, the 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 idea of centralizing it it has the i guess the, the trade off but i don't think it's worth it basically uh so yeah if if it were up to me i just uh, i just keep it as it is yeah I, i i would agree too because and i know a lot of people when they decided to do the reform and they they posted everything it's kind of like why didn't we just can't we just split afc total into yeah that's a that's another discussion and you effectively had done that and then who qualifies for the club world cup final is literally just who is in name the winner of the AFC Champions League which is East versus West but you could have in theory just kept everything and you could have like you have the AFC East and the AFC West and it's a very it's a very american system of you know the ALNL the the whatever the equivalent i think in the NFL is or something like that and like so you have two different conferences divisions whatever yeah, yeah. even in mls right east west so. yeah yeah in mls has, has uh, yeah that's a, but yeah i mean they do play it's a better one that one just ended and i forgot about that yeah um yeah <laughs> but then they do play each other so then that gets a bit yeah. confusing but yeah never mind but uh, but there's been talk of potentially i know there's been talk of like especially some of the ofc nations just like to save them and to make them not have essentially zero money yeah. and just merge basically the eastern afc with the ofc and then you have the western AFC and yeah, it's 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 an interesting crowd. I I I do agree though. I think that it's going to take a lot of the. Imagine if if Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, you know, were playing all of their Champions League knockout stages in 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 Baku. Yeah, yeah, it's basically it. (laughs) Yeah, and and Astana. It's it's a real shame, actually. You know, um, if like. Uh, for example, Wolfgang Kofu, who we have to have to mention, as you pointed out, uh, first ever second tier team to advance to the playoffs in the Champions League. Now, if they did, and their fans have been fantastic, by the way, they, I mean, fans from all Japanese clubs have basically support, supported them in the home games, uh, which was in the national stadium. But even away, their fans have gone to Melbourne, they've gone to Thailand, they've gone everywhere to support their team. And now, if you shoved them all the way to Saudi Arabia for the playoffs. I mean, you know, as as good and loyal as the fans are, it's it's a real tough one for them to you know, fly all the way across for, you know, an extended period of time, if they would hope. Uh it it, it just sort of you know, takes away a lot of the magic. So yeah, I guess not yeah. ideal, but uh well, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Well I mean in in it's just a, it's going to be a matter of the the te- the teams that qualify for these knockout stages through what twenty twenty seven or whatever it is when they're going to be if you just look at the East, I mean that's such a big distance. If you were to get if you were to randomly get teams not from like you know like the main big countries, I would I would say China, Australia, um, yeah, South Japan, Korea, Japan. Korea. The question is. A, are they going to have enough population to really like get out in numbers and still be like, oh, if you have X percent of the, the fans go, yeah. and also B, what's the the finances of the 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 fans on average of the average fan? Like, are they able to even afford time, money to get out there? And yeah, yeah, or even like an Australian fan, you know, like a, 
Uh, yeah, surely if you can't afford yeah, I mean, the two week long trip to this is, yeah, and every year, like for the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a tough one. Um and especially with all these other competitions as well, like you know, the Asian Cup or you know, club uh the football world cup uh, international world cup club world cup uh all sorts but i guess yeah, let's we'll, we'll get into the ufa stuff as well but let's uh, mention the club world cup as well now because uh that's ongoing at the moment um and you know honestly um obviously when i so you know a few years back when i didn't follow football all over the world so much um the club world cup was merely a distraction from the European calendar for the Champions League winner. And th- that's basically how it's viewed still in Europe, right? It's just you know, a bit of an inconvenience. Um, especially for when like Real Madrid would go every year. <laughs> they were really sick and tired of winning it as well. Uh, then the B team of the first yeah. game. and then So yeah, there's, there's like, you know, the B team's playing there and then 10 hours later, they, the main team's playing La Liga or something. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. I, I do like the idea uh, of... You know, bringing these teams from around the world together—it's—it's it's fun to see. Like, it's—it's it's fun to see how uh, Mexican side Club León are going to fare fare against Urawa Red Diamonds. Like, I—I am interested in that. Uh, but I think the the main problem is the fixture congestion in the schedule, which basically doesn't encourage any of these contestants, especially the ones who are you know in their league seasons right now. Um, to take it very seriously. And obviously, they are now changing the format from 2025. That will be held, I think, in June, July with 32 teams, which is too much in my opinion. Um, because you're, it's an annual tournament. Do you really need 32 teams? Um, for And, and again, I, I, there'll be like, what, 12 from Europe? Am I right? Or maybe Real, I was going to ask what the breakdown was. It's not even going to be even. No, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. I think it's like twelve or something. Yeah, the, still one OFC team, uh, twelve from Europe. Just from, one. Yep, just the one. So it's Auckland City. Why? Still. <laughs> That's uh, so. I mean, and now granted, it's not like I am good all teams for. There, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. all for you know being actual and like realistic about these things. They would get pounced by anyone, Ooh. but. <laughs> Let them have more. Yeah, let them have fun. Because two, I mean, two or three, two or three. You know, like, let's, let's do it. All of these twelve UEFA teams are going to treat it as a preseason warm-up tournament. It's going to be a yeah. glorified Audi Cup, right? Um. So, for, I mean, for them. Uh. So yeah, it's. I guess. I but I think there's no solution for this one because, I mean, fixture congestion is still going the wrong way. We're still getting more games. Yeah. Uh. So. The, and they're yeah. still going to want to do UEFA clubs. You said it was what June, June, July. Yes, June, July, basically. So I, it'll be preseason for them, basically. And uh, and you know that these like the big European clubs are still going to do their money making tours and oh yeah, Tottenham does it. South Korea in 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 China in in Indonesia in the US, especially the US. You're still going to have and you you know that everything's going to take place in Riyadh. Um, so, so they're going to be going from, yeah, you know, they're going to do a world tour, L- LA, New York city, <laughs> Toronto, Montreal, Riyadh, and then they're going to pop up somewhere and yeah, they're going to play a game in South Korea. And then they're going to fly back. And two days later, they're going to play their opening starts. fixture against whoever just got promoted from, uh, from the championship. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I guess that and then we're a- going to get a bunch of hamstring injuries and then teams are going to get, so it'll take one team getting, rele- one big team getting relegated. It's going to take Chelsea getting relegated. 
and it'll yeah, but then Chelsea. Chelsea need to qualify for Europe to get relegated. So. Okay, so it's gonna be United <laughs> getting relegated. Uh, oh, you know what? It's gonna be Spurs getting relegated because we have so many injuries. So it'll be Spurs getting relegated, and people won't care, but I will care, and I will say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it'll literally take one big team getting relegated in Spain. In in no one cares about somewhere. Germany, but yeah. in in yeah, it's somewhere really big that the honestly the the yeah like actually English you know, media I actually on yeah. some of them should start yeah going down. that'd be a huge and one that if, might start um, if, if one if one say big team but let let's change it include like Ajax an absolutely massive team in their respective league yeah. that is covered heavily by English media which I think is the most influential in the world especially in FIFA potentially yeah and it'll take one of those getting relegated because of fixture congestion uh domestic games international games glorified friendlies like you know the messi ronaldo sagas oh, that we're gonna have I mean, like it'll take on. all those things to happen you'll get players playing 60 games a year and i know that league one league two players do this and they shouldn't but you'll get players playing 60 yeah, 70 bad. 80 and games also, a year they're gonna get hurt and then the teams get relegated because they don't you can't have you can't have more than 25 players on a premier league squad right yeah and, and also even so i mean as you say the league one league two ones is bad but they're only playing these games. Like all the other stuff is out of question for them. Like they're playing in the same country. In, in yeah, in, in, much better. In, they don't have the travel. And I know exactly. that, that people in England hate going from you know the south to the north and to you know most people yeah, like in America. I, that's like that's like a pretty good commute. You know, <laughs> I mean they, they'll they'll fly like a, a thirty minute drive. They'll be like, no, I'm even if even if the flight is longer, like with wording and everything. Are Are you talking about Man City when they were talking about um? I mean, they were complaining them, about flying from Newcastle to Manchester, honestly. and yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't fly. They had to take a, a two-hour bus as opposed oh, to like a two-minute flight. Wow. Oh, yeah. 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 But, but yeah, actually, on that point, now we have the year for Champions League as well. I have a bit of a hot take on this one. I think the new format is Give not bad. Uh, the problem is there's too many games. So, uh, I think I'm with you. I don't think I. I don't know if that's gonna be a hot take because I absolutely love Alex Barker, the great Euro expert. I think it was yesterday on Twitter. He said that it'll be great once we have the new, basically like this league format Swiss almost, format. because the final day is going to be exactly. It's going to be absolutely because this was anticlimactic, is what he said that yesterday was. Yeah. Or yeah. Two days well, ago, two days and you know what? I agree. I am hard to disagree with what he says, but I definitely agree <laughs> with him because you know what? I think that it, so, there'd be so many teams that like we have to win because it's going to be overly competitive. Yeah. Because it's and, not like and, you play every other team, so it's going to get to a point where it'll become a random thing of like, like so so many. You're going to need someone's going to score eight goals. Yeah, exactly. Like that'd be so <laughs> and someone will do it. Someone will. So I guarantee you, Copenhagen or Nordsjælland will do it. They'll score eight goals versus City when City send like you know their top the kids. top team. It'll be a big one. The City need to win okay. too. Oh, okay. And and they'll make it in. Uh, well, yeah. Or it'll be yeah. Slava and Bratislava. Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think from an entertainment point of view, it'll be good. And actually, I, I do also like, um, I don't know, this is probably the hot take. I think the continental group stage format of home and away games is a bit of a waste um, because you're playing the same team twice in the group stage. I, I say save the two-legged ties for the knockouts and in the group stage, you should honestly like play different teams basically, like give us more... Yeah, you know, different matchups. Because I mean, for me at least, it's it's fun to see like how these teams from different leagues, you know, fare against each other. So at least from my point of view, I think that's more fun for me. Uh, so yeah, I think that 
So then you'd be happy now with the change from basically yeah. the, the double legged ties in the group stage to effectively single legged ties, even though there's more of them, which yeah, that's I, the I problem. think we both disagree with. Yeah. But single legged ties in the quote unquote first. Yeah. So, so like if you did Swiss stage. format with like six games still, or I, you know, I think that's yeah. fine. That would be nice. Uh, but yeah. no, they need more money. They, yeah, no, they, they do. And I think that they definitely do. Like, they, okay, they don't need more money. They want more money. They if I'm not broke. Yeah. When, when we, yeah when, disclaimer for the listeners at home. When we talk about businesses, when we say they we they need more money, it obviously means that they don't. They yeah. think they do. <laughs> yep, true, true. But, uh, yeah, oh, yes. I guess for, from the three formats we spoke about, I, I wouldn't say I'm the... I'm the happiest about the UEFA, but I was, I'm least sad about the UEFA. Yeah, I would agree. You know what? I wish that there were fewer international, potentially like international, like, I guess now every international game is basically competitive. So what do you do? You can't really do that. But like some cup games, I, I where where do you do it? It really is Club World Cup if you were to cut that out. And yeah, but yeah. Because and- eight games, is kind of, it's nice to have that because you do get so much more if we weren't in a fixture 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 congestion problem, I would love the eight games against, you know, teams from all different countries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it but, is about whether you're adding you know, two it's, more. It's, it's the thing is when you can't. So now these um, no, all of them want to maximize their own leagues as much as they can. Uh, whether that's obviously through the big ones, which are going to be thirty-eight uh, match seasons, or the smaller ones through like the Scottish format or whatever. Yeah, they they want to play as many league games as possible. Then the cups, there's often like in England, especially the, the league cup is a bit unnecessary. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, the, the 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 good the best format for the league cup is what they do uh for the con uh the county cup for the women's, which is only non-Europe or not teams that are not in Europe play the league cup which makes a lot more sense so you have that divide um that is good but they have basically three domestic competitions yeah and half their league is off to europe give or take uh yeah so, and that's pretty bad yeah uh, i i do think that for some of the the even though this is is the europa league doing the same format i don't think so. Okay. I would need to check, but I don't. I believe they are only doing uh, this change for the the Champions League. But let me okay. check. Because what I was basically going to say in the Champions League has like a couple, but like so some you mentioned like oh, yeah, they're, they're doing leagues. it for the Europa League as well. I think I'm actually going to kind of enjoy it more. So. <laughs> disclaimer i enjoy in reverse order i enjoy the conference league the most oh, yeah then the europa we, league. Th- this podcast <laughs> enjoys it. yeah we uh because we are sickos we enjoy the worst teams best and the middle teams middle and the best teams worst um but for at least the europa league i think it can help because there's a lot more teams that get into the europa league that are in leagues that do have fewer games per per their league season i think Right, Dan, because a lot of times you have in smaller leagues, you might have 34 games, 32 games versus like a 38. Then also, obviously, you have Belgium, which has like 75, I swear. (laughs) But I think that it's less bad for them. But I do, I do, because I like it's hard because like you, I want more matches between like European, more random games. Yeah. Less in the Europa League, the Conference League has been so good at offering that. They could do a little bit more, and plus, as opposed to it being, you get like one team playing 
three others. You get one team playing seven exactly. others. Yeah. That, that's I, mean, thing. Beautiful. I mean, that's, but, that's a good way to, to see the relative quality in countries, in yeah, leagues. Exactly. That's a really good way to see it. But it, yeah, it's just everyone is adding tournaments. FIFA's having tournaments. I need games, games well. are becoming competitive, not friendlies. Yeah. And domestic games are now becoming like preseason is going to become competitive, not friendly. I, yeah. I mean, we're going to see players' careers. Jude Bellingham is probably not going to make it to 35. Yeah. I mean, playing it. Know, if he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, people talk about Zlatan's knees. I would be curious. Yeah. About all, all the Jude current kids. Knees. I mean, Jude Bellingham. Pedri, we're already seeing it. Oh, yeah. Gavi, Warren said, I'm really, as much as I'd love to see him break through the season. I'm worried about long term how far he's going. It's, yeah, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> I think back even 15, 20 years ago, you have someone break in at 18, 17, and it's like, wow, this is great. And I think it can work. But now, because usually if they do that, they're also going to be playing the international games. Yeah. If exactly. they're breaking in at the top, the top, uh, top echelons Whatever. of the game, they're going to be playing the international games. Uh, they're going to be playing in pretty much every game for all that stuff. And you then fly for preseason across the world, which takes yeah. a big toll. You talk about like the, the, the players in the Premier League, usually from like, especially son, I know has talked about it. I think the Australian players too, oh, uh, especially yeah. in Scotland, they talk about it's so tiring. It's so taxing on your body, which is why some in the U S has actually done it too. You'll, you'll have international games and international camps during breaks in Europe. Hmm. Or I think South Korea just had one. Was it Saudi Arabia? They went, no, oh, yeah. they played. Saudi Arabia played in uh, yeah, Europe, right? Saudi Arabia played in, yeah, well, yeah, they but, played uh, in but, uh, That's Newcastle. a bit of a point. I think South Korea had a camp in Europe, <laughs> which is so taxing. Yeah. 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 Quite, quite something, but uh, yeah. But I did check also Conference League, they're doing it sort of right. They're doing the sort of Big Swiss format as well, but they're only doing six games. So, okay, good. here's but my I, question. I, you know, I saw someone Why? suggest, I forgot who it was, but this was a while back. Someone suggested that they should ab- abolish the league uh, format for the Champions League and uh, uh, the Conference League, sorry, and just make it knockouts throughout and have teams from every, uh, every con- like basically, you don't even need the qualifying rounds then, right? Start yeah. the QR1 is basically the first knockout round. I, I wouldn't mind that. That would be interesting. Yeah, I feel like if you, you took do, out you like the, the absolutely massive leagues, like, you know. Wait, the Premier League isn't in. It is, it is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you take out those, because yeah. otherwise you would just know like a knockout round. Usually if you have five or six, you know, the top four, top five, whatever, that could get a little bit sad. Because the conference league, one of the things that's so special is up until pretty much the final you are getting. Teams that would never make it to a semifinals. I do worry if you did have just knockouts, just. Yeah. But then again, I mean, no, actually, actually, knockout, actually, so. don't you think that would make it even more likely? Because so, because um, like the just purely on a numeric standpoint, right? There'll be more teams from the lesser leagues than the top leagues because, like, Premier League gets one spot. Uh, all basically all of them lets you get one spot, right? So there's just five. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, no matter what you do, there'll be at least three, you know, quarterfinalists from outside, and and even so, that's assuming. Yeah, and so the odds, and then the odds. I'd say even remove like draw protection from like round of thirty-two or something, 
cause even okay. more chaos. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the you, odds you, of, of one of those massive leagues, you know, with their payrolls and stuff getting to the end is because there are, there's so many more, I so mean, many I, more teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like when Aston Villa start in the group stage, they're basically almost through to the knockouts. You know, there's no yeah. way they're going to falter. But obviously when it's starting with the knockouts, if they start in like a... That's know, true, you lose one game 64, and you're out. Exactly. So yeah. a, a shock... I mean, Servet just beat Roma, right? Exactly. A couple at some time this season. Yeah, so... Not that Servet are, are, are super terrible, but like... Yeah. An example, Roma have been extremely well, well, good. Well, actually, just uh, yesterday, Zrinski Mostar beat Aston Villa. So now it, it, it doesn't do anything right now, but if it was knockouts, what result? Uh, so yeah. Yeah, could could be it. never gonna happen. I think I might retract my statement then. You turn me again. <laughs> the whole what? Dejan Kulislevsky, <laughs> Decky being uh, number eight. You're the only person. You are still the only person I've oh, ever wow. agreed with you on why. And it mainly is what because he, then he'd have Poro just. Yeah. And I, I think that that's necessary. But yeah, so I retract my my statement. You know what? Yeah, let's just make it straight knockouts. What was the what was it before? What competition? There's been like fifty uh, billion. Yeah, the Intertoto Cup. Was it Intertoto Cup? I just. I have. I wasn't sure what it was. They're just time. recreating that. <laughs> Let's make it the the non top league cup, and that will be the greatest thing. Oh, yes, the... UEFA has literally every because the conference league is already the best thing. Yep, exactly. Straight up, like I think. I think okay, the Euros. That's cute, but the conference <laughs> league is. Yeah, I think the none. lower they go, the better it'll be. So now, if they start like a country conference league two, with like even lower teams, oh, it'll be God. like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. You get you get include some like. Like you know, La Liga two, some yeah, Serie B yeah, teams. Yeah, not second tier. St. <laughs> Pauli, mm, yes, Incredible. please. You'd have Magdeburg going, and you'd <laughs> do it all. And, their and stuff what you'd against... have is you'd, you'd have teams purposely getting relegated from the top flight just to get a European spot. <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah, that's that's a good idea. Listen, UEFA, if if, if you need more ideas, could yeah. you imagine if someone? You, so okay, I don't want to say that this would work, but you know. In the U.S., we have a phrase called tanking for Tua, and that's because the the NFL teams, when one of the best quarterbacks in college football at one point, oh, yes, Tua, draft people something. tanked for, like teams, franchises, tanked for him, and they lost, purposely like lost their games, basically, to try to get the best quarterback that, he's, that season. I don't want to say we should bring that into to football, like to, but... to soccer. But you know <laughs> what? It would be fun to potentially see if... if, if you get a team that's like, well, if we finish 17th, we suck. But if we finish 20th, then we get a berth into, you know, the conference <laughs> yeah, league too. Did, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we decide to tank it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because yeah. we, you would, I mean, obviously you'd probably give it to the, the, the you, could you give it? You might be able to give it to the champions of the second division, but I feel like you should keep it to people that are in the second division. Give it to like the playoff losers. Give it to... Ooh. Give it to, to Tenerife a couple of years ago, right? Like, give it to... <laughs> the, the, the second tier league. The UFA second tier league. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah, like Volarenga. Uh, <laughs> who, who else are you getting? I mean, yeah. We, that are in second tier yeah, as well. Yeah, like imagine Volarenga against Hamburg. That's what you'd get. Uh, that would be... Next, that would be a blast. Hamburg, Imagine literally you know any two Bundesliga team against La Liga two team. I feel exactly. like that would be, yeah, or, or even championship teams like Middlesbrough in Europe again. Ah, oh, they just got they should be too physical. We don't need <laughs> Brexit ball in this. They, they're out of Europe. Come on, Neil. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say, 
the championship is one of the weird leagues where there's some of the top teams are like, wow, that is like fascinating football. That is some of the most like th- that is interesting. Some diversity? other teams that are just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but uh, t- tactical diversity in the championship is lovely. It's- it is insane. I'm probably helped by the fact that it's the 2014 league, of course, but still, it's you. You, you almost get every yeah. style. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. Yep. You, you do. The diversity is definitely, I think, probably the biggest of any, especially of any of the the top four, like top a five major leagues. Yeah. Like yeah. you know where the top teams are looking for players, those sort of leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, La Liga Two is really good. Two Bundesliga League is really good. Yes. But the diversity, I don't think, is as high as Championship. Yeah. Yeah, there's more teams. even if the tactical level in some of the teams can be above. Yes, it's just I, it's, I, it's I think more uniform. You're right. The di- yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, that's I guess one of the. Strong but more of the story is we need we need some like we need the, a lot of Eastern European teams and second division of the top leagues. Uh, yes. We need them to all meet, um, and just have a great a great, a great experience time. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. When we say this Make after. Some- Make some meaningful money as well, because some of them do need the money. So it it, it would actually be good for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but make the money worth it too. Yeah, exactly. Good fun as well. Like his conference league money is like the same as Europa, so so yeah, I'd have hoped that they're they about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You if I have the money to spend, but that's a, that's a different that's a different episode. Yeah, so, <laughs> let's let's not go there at the minute. But uh, yeah, I think that answers off uh, nicely for this one. Um, well, a lot of great ideas. None of them going to come to fruit anytime soon. So uh, <laughs> let's not hold nope. our breath. For not until we're in charge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously, great fun. Obviously, chatting to you. So thank you very much for your time, Ben. Thanks to all the listeners as well. And hopefully, we'll be back in less than two months uh, for for the next one. Uh, see you. See you then. Take care. Bye bye.